We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. That's Ryan Roberts. I'm Brian Driscoll. Y'all know who we are. Let's get rocking and rolling. We're going to talk some recruiting today, Mr. Roberts. We are going to first dive into the commitment of Anthony Knapp to Notre Dame. We were going to do this show last night, but they said he was going to commit at 530. He ended up committing at 430. So we decided to just Stick with our IB Nation Sports Talk show and then do this show today. So, Ryan, we're going to talk, obviously, about Anthony Knapp. We're going to talk about him as a player. We're going to talk about where he is to you know for Notre Dame. We're going to dive into a lot of different things. What's next when it comes to offensive line recruiting? And then we're going to preview this weekend's visit. Uh, I think it's a big weekend for Notre Dame, another big weekend for Notre Dame. When you look at the recruiting list of people that are going to be on campus this weekend, we'll dive into that. Some big-time 2024 players on campus and also some real – well, I'd say there's some there's some good 2024 players on campus on one side of the ball and some potential studs on the other side of the ball and a couple really good 2025 players, including one of the top quarterbacks on Notre Dame's board. So even though by April 1st, Notre Dame will have visits from two of their top four, I would argue, four to five, quarterbacks on their board for 2025 obviously cutter Bowley visited last week and we'll preview the other one today so a lot going on in the recruiting world so we're just going to make this a recruiting show and then we'll do a mailbag at the end where you can ask about whatever you want i just want to thank everybody for yesterday yesterday's show went great we actually had two people give super chats in the second show that i'm going to apply to the first show because they said they wanted it to be towards uh towards the uh the fundraiser we did and yesterday ryan I don't know. I mean, obviously, Google's going to take their cut, but we raised almost $1,100 yesterday in Super Chats alone. Wow. So that was um, that was really exciting and uh, really fun to do. And just I knew this audience was going to step up, and they absolutely did. So that was very exciting. Once I find out how much the cut we get to keep from Google, which should be well over $700 if they say if we get to keep the amount they say that we get to keep, we'll, we'll find out about that. But uh, just really appreciate all that you all did. And uh, we're, we're going to do more of that here this year. I promise you that. 
Let's get into some recruiting stuff today, Ryan. Obviously, Notre Dame picked up commitment number nine last night from Anthony Knapp, an offensive lineman from Roswell, Georgia. Becomes the second offensive lineman to commit in the Notre Dame class of 2024, joining Peter Jones from Malvern Prep in Pennsylvania. Commitment number six on offense, and it reminds me a lot of the opposite of last year. When at this point in time, everybody was panicking about the Notre Dame offense and how the class would end up. And for anyone that read my Intel piece, I had a big Intel piece on spring ball, on Irish Breakdown, on the Champions Lounge at Irish Breakdown, our premium message board. And uh, there's some freshmen doing some things at Notre Dame, Ryan. But guys that a year ago, we weren't sure where Notre Dame stood with those guys. So when you're panicking about the defense, you know what I'm going to say, Ryan. Four words, let it play out. But offensively, Notre Dame is rolling, Ryan. And we kind of hit a bit of a lull, right? I mean, Notre Dame had only picked up one commitment through the first two and a half months of the 2023 calendar year. That was Leonard Moore, who they picked up back in, was it February, right? Late January, February, which is a really good pickup. Everybody knows I love uh, Leonard Moore as a cornerback. And, you know, like, okay, who's that next guy going to be? And honestly, Ryan... Prior to the visit last week from Anthony Knapp, it didn't look like Notre Dame was necessarily going to get a, a commitment over the next couple of weeks. April was going to be the really big month. But Notre Dame brought Anthony Knapp on campus. He measured in, got the, the check off from Matt Bayless. Joe Rudolph had been pushing Anthony Knapp on the other coaches, but there was a lot of let's see him, you know, Ryan, because and, and you and I felt the same way because you, you question just how big he is on film, you know, yep. and so we, we they wanted to see him. And he impressed everybody and got the the stamp of approval from Matt Bayless. And so that's why he got the offer during the visit. Because he came on the visit with no offer. Yep. Because that's kind of what they do. is like, yes, Joe Rudolph liked him, but he needed to make sure everybody else is on board with him. Jared Parker, Matt Bayless, Chad Bowden, Marcus Freeman, all those guys were also on board with him. And Anthony checked all the boxes. And so Notre Dame offered him by the end of the visit. And what you and I knew is he basically committed. I don't know if it was what I don't know for sure if it was during the visit or shortly after the visit, but he committed pretty much on this uh, at that time. Uh, Ryan, I think what did I tell you that the day after he left is when I told yeah. you that he had committed to Notre Dame. Yep. And so we uh, we just weren't sure when he was going to go public, and but it's a it's a good pickup for Notre Dame, Ryan, and and it's good to kind of get some momentum back. Joe Rudolph gets an early pick. I mean, I think that's an interesting part of this too, Ryan. That is a bit of a storyline before we dive into Anthony. Is hey, what kind of lineman is Joe Rudolph going to want at Notre Dame? Is he going to want the big northern thumpers that he got at Wisconsin? Well, his first pit pickup from uh, you know at Notre Dame is is quite different than what he's yes. normally getting. At Wisconsin, which t- tells us is a little something. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it does. And it's, it's, this one's extremely interesting, Brian, because like you said, this one happened quickly, man. Like this was not a kid that was really on our radar a couple weeks ago. It was until we heard that he was visiting for the, for the, you know, to visit last weekend that you're just kind of like, you don't exactly understand. Like it was one of those decisions where you hear he's visiting, you watch his film, you're like, oh, he's a pretty impressive football player. But then you learn the backstory, right? That Joe Rudolph was big on him and saw him at a camp and, he was a Joe Rudolph guy. He was a guy that was being recruited by him while he was at Virginia Tech. So there was an affinity for this type of football player. So, yeah, it's definitely different than maybe what you're typical of seeing as far as what Notre Dame targets in the offensive line and then what Joe Rudolph had specifically done at Wisconsin. But he's a very interesting football player, man. He brings a lot of intriguing qualities to the game that I think are pretty unique, you know, because some people are going to look at the – 6'4", 265, and they're going to question the, the size profile. Well, we've learned that his arm length was something yeah. that really popped this weekend yeah. as far as the measurements go. So he's a kid that brings a interesting amount of length, athleticism. I think he's got good foot quickness. He's physical. He's really physical. So he fits that profile of what Notre Dame is typically liked as far as the physicality a- attributes for the offensive line position. So for me, this is a very intriguing one and. One that I'm interested to see now, especially when we get to the what's next portion of this podcast, what is next? Who are the top targets on the board? Who are the guys that Notre Dame's going to fill this class out with? Because I think there was an assumption that this kid is strictly an interior offensive lineman. And I'll be very honest. When I first watched this film, I thought he was an interior offensive lineman too. But when you learn more information about him, you see the arm length, and you just kind of hear a little bit of the background, you start to think, Maybe this kid isn't just an interior offensive lineman. Right. Maybe he's got some position flexibility. Maybe he can play offensive tackle. So it's going to be intri- intri- intriguing to see how this offensive line class fills out in comparison to what Anthony Knapp brings to the table. Well, you and I talked when we first watched this film together, right? Because we kind of watched this film for the first time sort of together, you know, just kind of on the phone. And the thing we said is he moves well. I mean, he moves yep. well for a tackle. It was, does he have the – the the behind to play tackle, which I think is the one question mark we still have. And then it was like, I don't know if he necessarily has great length. You know, you, yeah. it didn't, it, it looked like he had, I said in my article yesterday, above average arm length is what it looks like he has. Yeah. Just didn't look necessarily st- extremely long. Then we find out during his Notre Dame visit that he measures in at 34 inch arms, which, which is for, longer which, than, go ahead, Ryan. I was going to say, which for comparison is about the same length as what Isaiah Foskey just had coming out of Notre Dame, which is just wild to think about. Right. I mean, it's definitely longer than Zach Martin, who I think was in the 32s, right? Yes. And I think Liam Meikenberg was in the third, like the high 32s, if I remember correctly, Ryan. 
Yep. Uh, you know, Ronnie Stanley was very long. He had he had like 34 and a half, 35 inch arms. Uh, Mike McGlinchey had 34 inch arms. You know, so so those are those are tackle bodies. Ron, uh, Robert Hainsey had what 32, 32 and a half or so, right? So if if that if that's leg, a, a legit thing, and that's you know what I mean, that's what these teams do is they they measure these kids, weigh these kids in, and stuff when they come on visits. You know that that that's a Im- impressive aspect. I mean, you're talking about Ronnie Stanley's like 35 and a half. Mike McGinty was 34. None of the other tackles had longer arms than that that Notre Dame has had. So that's that says something. That's impressive. Now I expect Joe Walt to kind of be long like that, and Blake Fisher will yeah. be long like that. So you know, kind of made me do a double take, Ryan, and and go back on the film and and say, hey, look, okay, can this kid play tackle or not? And so when I had that conversation today with a couple of sources about that length, that that was legit. Cause the, I think the kid had said it or something like that, but it just was like, okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, if that's kind of where he is, but when you see it, you're like, okay, if that's legit, then the athleticism is there. Now it's about, can he, can he get the behind? But that's true at all the positions. Right. And what I mean by that is, you know, he's 265 and he doesn't necessarily have a huge frame. You know, he's more Robert Hainsey than he is Joe Walt. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, where who? You know, when Joe Walt was two fifty, two sixty. You could say, yeah, but he's still going to be really big. <clears throat> you just wonder, you know, can he maintain the athleticism? And that's what we're going to find out about Anthony Knapp. The thing that I like, Ryan, too, is it's a combination of you need better athletes at Notre Dame than you had at Wisconsin. That when you watch the film, that was a, a glaring issue constantly for Wisconsin, especially. Joe Rudolph's last couple of offensive lines. They were kind of heavy-footed kids in that when they would play teams like Notre Dame. That's what gave Notre Dame, why Notre Dame gave them a ton of problems in 2021, Ryan, is they just couldn't handle you – know, you, you, Jason Adamiola had some plays in that game. Jacob Lacey had a couple big stops in that game. Riley Mills had a really big game against them. And who are those guys? It's Notre Dame's more athletic off-the-ball tackles. They gave Wisconsin fits, which is why Wisconsin didn't even sniff 100 yards rushing in that game. Well, now you say, okay, but you also don't want to lose the the toughness and the demeanor yeah. that they had at Wisconsin that noted that Harry Heastan brought with last year's class. And the comment that that I made, Ryan, to you that that I was glad we saw it the same way is this kid looks a lot like last year's Harry Heastan offensive line class from a a a personality, demeanor, toughness attitude you know there's a couple pancakes where he kind of leans on the guy in a way that's kind of like you know I'm trying to I'm trying to humiliate you that you're like okay that's what you want you hope that Joe Rudolph is going to continue to bring and at least with this young man he certainly did yeah he's he's a mean guy man I mean that was one of the first things we talked about on the podcast when I think we were previewing his visit was this kid's going to get you on the ground. He's going to let you know about it, man. And I, I love that from offensive line personally. You know, as long as you're not taking it a little too far, you know, and getting a flag called and you like, I love that demeanor. That, and I think that that is historically, or at least when Notre Dame's been at its best, historically, you recruit those type of offensive linemen, right? The guys that are going to put you in the dirt and they're going to let you know about it a little right. bit. So he brings that profile, man, that is really interesting in that regard. And it is going to stay consistent with the, Sullivan Apshers of the world, the Sam yeah. Pendletons, the Joe Oddings, the Charles Jagasaws, the Christopher Tarek's, like that brand of offensive linemen that want to impose their will on a player. That is important, I believe, in continuing to build that. But like you said, Brian, this isn't just all power and no finesse, right? Like you see him in pass protection, you're like, he knows how to snatch trap. He has pretty good feet in pass protection. 
The only question I had to your point was, is this kid long enough to play offensive right. tackle? Well, if he is that long, then your the narrative starts changing a little bit. Right. Because yes, he's really good in pass protection on the on the high school level, but it's the same thing when you're evaluating for the NFL draft comparative to college football. It's like, yes, he can do that at that level in high school. Does he have the physical traits and profile to project forward doing that type of stuff? And if he has 34 inch arms and he maintains his foot quickness and his technique, I think he has a shot to do it. It's just yeah. about physical development for a guy like Anthony Knapp. And that's going to be a big key. We'll get into kind of his game a little bit more here, Ryan. There's aspects of his game obviously need to be improved, which is, you know, true of, I don't know, every other single college, high school junior yeah. at this point in time. And we'll, we'll dive into those and look at those different things. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Ryan, this isn't, this wasn't, like you said, this is an interesting development. And I, I, I like when you see an offense, when a, a new coach come in and immediately say, Hey, I know what I want. Right. I, I think, I think conviction is an important thing at, at uh, when it comes to recruiting. And Joe Rudolph had success recruiting me. He signed, you know, Nolan Rucci. He got from, you know, from Pennsylvania, beat Notre Dame and Penn State for him. He was a top 100 kid. Got Logan Brown out of Illinois. He's a top ranked kid. You wondered, well, hey, you know, how would he do at Notre Dame? And, and he came in and hit the ground running. And, you know, Chancey Stuckey did something very similar when he got hired. If you remember last, it was it January when Coach Stuckey got hired, January, February when Coach Stuckey got hired. He immediately was like, I want this guy, this guy, Braylon James, Jaden Greathouse, two kids that I've been recruiting. I, I want them at Notre Dame. Yeah. And there was conviction there. And then he went and got it done with those two guys. And and so to me, I, I want a coach that has some conviction in what he wants. It, you also make sure you want a guy that brings in what you like. But, you know, I, I, I like this kid. I think that if you just look at him by himself, we'll see what else he does. Obviously, the entire story has yet to be written. Sure. I want to see who he does or doesn't like moving forward. But this is a kid that you say you look at and say, this is a good football player. And yep. I get it. Doesn't have a George offer, Alabama offer. But with all due respect, there's nobody. If Notre Dame offensive line play, you know, if Joe Rudolph wants to say, hey, I like this kid, then I'm I'm at this early in the scrum willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for now. Sure. And that's kind of where I'm at with Anthony Knapp. <clears throat> Yeah. Ryan, when I when we, we talk about the class impact, I think Notre Dame is looking for four offensive linemen in this class. Ideally, I think they can get away with three, but I the the Caleb Johnson not being on the roster anymore has opened up an extra spot. So you now have four. You're at the place now where you have to, if you're a staff, you have to now decide pretty quickly just how serious you are about giving Anthony Knapp a look at tackle. Because yes. how you view him is going to alter who you who else you bring into the the class. If you view him as a potential tackle, you still have a lot of. I mean, the board is still wide open. If you view him more as an interior player, I think it narrows the board a little bit more. And you know, Liam Andrews is are off the board if that if that's true. You 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 look at the Caleb Brewer potentially could be off the board if you're not sure he's a pure tackle. So if you if Notre Dame views him as a tackle, then that keeps things pretty open. So that's what's going to be interesting to find out is what the staff – because Joe Rudolph may think one thing, but it, it, everybody's got to be on board. Jared Parker's got to be on board with that. Chad Bode's got to be on board with that. Marcus Freeman's got to be on board with that. Everybody's got to be on board to, hey, this guy's a tackle. We think this guy could be a tackle. Right. And then you got to build your class around it. So we're going to see how it impacts the rest of the class. And that's still too early to really know that for sure. We've heard a couple of different things. 
but we're gonna we're gonna see how kind of plays out. And then I'm curious how this weekend plays out. You've got some big time offense, not some big time, but some very important offensive linemen coming on campus this weekend, which we'll talk about later. So I think the class impact is very interesting. It, it does also moves Notre Dame back up to number three overall in the rankings. They were already number three in rivals. They're now number three again in two four seven. They're behind Georgia and LSU and in both. Interestingly enough, they Notre Dame and Georgia or Notre Dame and LSU uh, or LSU has two more commits than Notre Dame on both rankings. Notre Dame has a higher per player average than LSU. LSU is only ranked ahead of Notre Dame right now because they have two more commits. And on rivals, Notre Dame is closer to number two than they are to number four in that ranking as well when it looks at rivals. So uh, very, very good start to the year so far for Notre Dame and a very good offensive class that the staff is putting together. And this is really, Ryan, the first offensive commit that the new staff, the new look staff has landed, right? Yeah. So since Tommy Reese left. So that that matters too, because that's something that we're still having to learn, having to learn is how does the staff as a whole with new leadership going to look? We know what Tommy Reese could do with these assistant coaches. Now we need to find out what Jared Parker can do with these offensive coaches. I agree. I agree. It, it's a very interesting. It, it's almost like a little bit of, you know, just kind of a, I won't call it a test period, but like it's a sample, right? Like a, a little bit of a understanding of what that is going to look like for Joe Rudolph, for this coaching staff moving forward. I mean, it, it and I think that you said it perfectly, Brian, depending on how they view a guy like an Anthony Knapp, because we also know that there's a possibility that. Peter Jones might begin his career at offensive tackle. Like that's a thing that is also kind of on the table, right? Like it's not a foregone conclusion that he's a guard. I I think that he's a better guard potentially on the next level. I think you do as well. But the fact of the matter is, is, is it matters most what Notre Dame thinks of these players, right? So if a Peter Jones starts an offensive tackle, Anthony Neff starts an offensive tackle, what does that board look like? You kind of alluded that. But I would also say this. I don't know if it would necessarily change my opinion on what the next step is because I think baseline speaking, Peter Jones and Anthony Knapp could both play inside. Like there's no doubt about that. So if they, even if they start the career offensive tackle, you can say, you know, but potentially they could also be interior offensive linemen. So that could also fill a couple different holes with that versatility they bring. So I feel like I would still kind of, take my swing at a couple offensive tackles on the board. But to your point, it just matters about what the numbers obviously look at. But I think that this is a it's a good gift for Notre Dame. It's a player that I liked immediately when I saw the film. I know that there's some things that we have questions about as far as the size and things that we'll get to when we watch the film. But I think that this is a very intriguing football player that was landed quickly by Notre Dame. And I look forward to seeing how the rest of the class fills out because I think that it will be a it's, an, it's like a case study. Like I would call it a case study of what a Joe Rudolph offensive line class will look like. Because his, his opinion on Peter Jones might even be unique to what Notre Dame thinks, right? Like he might come in and be like, yeah, you guys thought he was a tackle, but like I think he's a guard, right? So like we might need to get a couple more offensive tackles. So this is a little insight for me. Or vice how, versa. Yes. Hey, you guys I'm thought sorry. he was a guard, but I think the kid's a really good right tackle. You know what I mean? Exactly. Look at Wisconsin. Peter Jones could play tackle. Yeah. Well, he's like. This isn't Wisconsin, right? Yeah, he's, ahead, he's like he's like Logan Bruss that played at Wisconsin. Started off as a right tackle, but then ended up being a really good guard and is playing in the NFL as a guard. Like that might be his trajectory. You never know, right? But I just think that it's some good insight into what Drew Rudolph likes in an offensive line, and then what he's kind of what he's trying to forecast for what his first mm-hmm. offensive line group is going to look like. Uh, for me, Ryan, he, here's where I'm at when it comes to how to evaluate Joe Rudolph as a recruiter. 
number one is we have to evaluate them based on how we evaluate players, right? I mean, that's just yep. fair. We always have to do that. Hey, I don't like this. This guy can't play, and so I don't like this pickup, that kind of thing, if that were to be the case. I think the other part of it, too, is we need to be willing to say, hey, look, this guy is new here. It is. We need to see how he's going to pan out. You know, there were some guys that Harry Heastan landed early in his career that people were like, ah, you know, I don't know about that guy. When Mike McGlinchey committed to Notre Dame, he was a three-star commit. Sure. And everybody was obsessed with Steve Elmer and Hunter Biven was a top 100 guy and John Montalus was a top 100 guy. Well, Steve Elmer ended up being a pretty good player. Hunter Biven was a solid backup type of guy. John Montalus never did a thing at Notre Dame. And who was the stud from that class? It was Mike McGlinchey, right? I mean, we've, we've been here before. So let's see how it continues to progress and how this class gets put together. Because that ultimately, and here was an issue that I had with some folks that were kind of debating this one yesterday is, you can't look at a you can look at a quarterback with no other context to what you're recruiting him in that class because he's the only quarterback you're going to take. When you sure. talk about an offensive lineman, it's hard to evaluate it without the context of what else do you land. And that's why I'm I'm willing to say, look, I'm not saying I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt per se. There's a it's like let's give him time to show himself and to yeah. see how the rest of this class shape, shapes out. That's kind of where I'm at, and what I hope that more Notre Dame fans will do. When it comes to this commitment and then the other, you know, when it comes to Anthony Knapp and then Joe Rudolph as a whole is, hey, let's see what what this class looks like as a whole exactly. before we start panicking too much about whatever this kid's recruiting ranking is. The other thing I would say is, is there are there are things that on film that I could understand some of you having an issue with. The thing I will ask is to never, ever come at me about what a kid's ranking is as an offensive lineman, because there is no position. No position out there that people get wrong more and miss on more from an evaluation standpoint at the national level, in my opinion, than offensive line. And that's true for colleges as well, because it's just such a different deal. You there's no other position in my in my opinion outside of the lines on both sides of the ball where you see a greater weight difference in prospects. And I would say no position is greater when you consider offensive line is just as a whole, you know, defensive line tackles. You won't see a 215 pound defensive tackle. You may see a 260 guy or 250 guy, you know, but you're going to see Joe Walt when Notre Dame first started recruiting Joe Walt, he was about 20 pounds lighter than Anthony Knapp and about four inches taller, three inches taller. Right. So let's see how this one plays out. And I, you know, I remember we had this debate too, when Notre Dame landed Joe Walt, I liked Joe Walt a lot. I was like, Hey, give me a Joe Walt type of player every year. Anthony Knapp is that. Joe Wadding was that guy last year. Ashton Craig was that guy the year before. Anthony Knapp is that guy in the 2024 class. Yeah, maybe he, he's got to develop. He's got to get bigger and stronger. And you never know how a guy is going to move when you got to put 40, 50 pounds on him. And especially with Knapp, who was talked about how he was like 210 pounds when he started high school. So he's put on 50 pounds already. So will he maintain his athleticism when he gets up to 290 plus? We're going to find that out. But you give me a kid like that every year. That's why when we talk about what's next, it's important that these next two pickups be not so much positionally, but as players, more guys that you look at and say, okay, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. talking about, right? And offensive line recruiting is such an in-depth process too, Brian, because it's not just this position more than most is a Matt Bayless thing, right? Where you're like, Coach Bayless, like this kid's 265 pounds, brother, like, what do you think he could be, right? Like projecting forward, how much weight can he carry on his frame? What can he look like? 
this is a really in-depth process because it's not just about Joe Rudolph, right? It's about what Matt Bayless thinks. It's about what Coach Freeman thinks. There's a multiple multitude of opinions and perspectives that you need in this type of recruitment, which is, again, I look, I've learned there's a couple people in this program that I trust dearly, right, Brian? Like we talked about the trust for Harry Heastan in the past, right? I trust Matt Bayless a lot, right? I do, so like, especially I when look, it comes to stuff like this. Absolutely. Yes. So if he thinks that Anthony Knapp can carry that weight appropriately – I'm here, brother. Yep. I'm here. I'm listen. I'm going to listen because yep. you know a lot more about physical body development than I certainly do. And so, he's seen I'll him up it. close and personal, which we yes. have not. And, yep. and that's that's a big part of it too, Ryan. That's a big part of it as well. So let's, uh, Ryan. That's kind of a what's uh, you know sort of a a class impact look. We'll get into the what's next after we watch some film. But you know, I've been dying to to do this. I just really want to watch some film, Ryan. I'm just it's one of those days. I just want to watch some film, man. Yep. So let's uh, let's bring up some film of Anthony Knapp. Anthony is the left tackle in this film. He's number fifty-five. So let's uh, let's check him out. So uh, I think what you're going to see early on in the film, Ryan, is this is a kid that plays with some physicality. Yes. And so you're going to see him here, that, as you see. Oh, I love it when Huddle does that. I like this. keeps his, keeps a nice base. Ryan comes off, delivers contact, get, uses his hands effectively. Doesn't just body block. Either one yep. of these guys gets his hands out, gets a nice pin on that guy, takes him in there, and then this is where you see like, a, okay, I'm going to mount you real quick. That's like, okay, that's that's just mean. And I like yes. it. I, I dig it. Nice I, I, punch I, there. Yeah, really man. heavy hands, Ryan. That's something yes. I see from film. And that tells you if he's able to gain the weight, like combined with that heavy hands, it's going to be a very powerful dude. I love Brian. He always wants to work, man. Like yeah. no matter if he's in the run game or in the pass game, he's always trying to find work. And there's, he's one of those dudes that literally plays to the echo of the whistle. Like he's one mm-hmm. of those guys where you watch the, watch the game film sometimes where you see the ref go over to him after play. Like, Hey dude, like it's over. It's over. You yeah. can get off of him now. Yeah. He's like one exactly. of those guys, you know? Exactly. So. Well, and that's part of the reason that we have faith in Emil Wagner not needing to be 300 plus pounds. I've said, look, if Emil can get to 290, I'm I'm going to feel good about that as long as he moves like he does now, because Emil has very strong, powerful hands. I wouldn't say that Anthony Knapp has the same power that Emil had at the same age, but it's it's he's in the ballpark. This is a particular play, Ryan, that shows me an area thing I like. His late in the play foot quickness, I like the power, I like. But one thing you will see that's a constant throughout the film is he has a bad habit of narrowing his base. Yeah. And narrowing your base does two things. Number one, it forces you to be more vertical as a player, which you never want to be as an offensive lineman. And the other thing, too, is the more you narrow your base, the more you lose power. This is an example of him keeping a great base throughout the play, and he stones the guy. Puts him on the ground. Now I've heard somebody said in the the board yesterday, like, "Hey, he's going to get a lot of small guys." And I'm like, I know what level of, I know what level of football this is. He's playing against guys who are going to be playing at D1 and one double A football in college. Yes. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, but what you also see, Ryan, like this is one here. He keeps his pads low, comes off, fires off the ball, and drives a kid into the end zone and puts him onto the ground. Right. Play still going on. You know that's what he does. But right here, like, I mean, just in his stance, it, he's getting off to a bad start, right? Like, you just – you see a little bit of stiffness, like, in, in his particular stance. Keeps a good base, keeps a good base, and he stones him. But we're going to get to some plays here in a little bit, Ryan, where it's like, yeah, you can't narrow up like that, man. 
Yeah. And and here's here's an example of one. This is a great example of one. And this is why I say highlights can be very telling because sometimes a kid thinks it's a highlight. Why does he think it's a highlight? Because of that. Put him in the ground. But yep. What I'm saying is terrible get off on the line off off the ball, right? Doesn't move his feet at all, narrows his base. He's basically walking the guy back. This is simply him just being way better than the dude he's going against. Yes. But it's an example too, Ryan, that you see of a very narrow base. If you're going to, I'll put it to you like this: If he's going on this particular play against Justin Scott, he or, or Elijah Rushing, or some of the other top linemen, he's getting driven into the backfield mm-hmm. if he comes up like this, Ryan. And that's an error. That's a fundamental thing that has to be improved because because here's here's the thing we discuss, Ryan. If a guy has plays tall, you say, okay, does he is he just like Andrew Sprague, right? Yep. Yep, we've said I, I I think he plays tall because I think he's physically tight. I just think he's his hips are really tight, so he can't really bend at the knees. This kid shows you several clips of him bending at the knees, and then somewhere he doesn't. Like that's yeah. one of those ones you're like, hey, bro, you know, once you get to that <laughs> sideline, let him go. But you love the demeanor, right? And yes. you've said this before. I agree with you. We we, I'd rather have a guy like this than a guy who you have to kick in the butt to get going. One hundred percent. I'd rather have a guy have to to to. Hey, man, let's let's rein that in a little bit. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I, I learned that from a from a scout before, Brian, that was like, I always want a guy that is a little too much than a guy that isn't enough because you're never going to get the enough out of the guy that isn't enough, right? Like you're never going to be able to reel out that physicality, that aggressiveness. But the guy like this, like, yeah, he might finish through the through the whistle a little bit too far, hard sometimes, but like I can reel that back, man. Like, mm-hmm. all right, dude, like just you drove him to the ground, get up. Back to the huddle. Right. Let's 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 ease it back a little bit. But that's something right. that is easily fixable. Easily yeah. fixable to bring him in. Here's another example, Ryan, where he keeps a good base and he's able to, to move really quickly out of his stance. He gets he has a good first step in pass game when he keep when his when his base is good. He really does. He uses his hands well. You know the thing I notice about him? He rarely body blocks. No. He is always using his hand. His hand placement's inconsistent. But this kid knows how to use his hands. For a junior, he's pretty advanced in that regard. He really he, is. He really has good independent hands too, and and independent hands for people that don't like aren't like big offensive line people. The 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 lower body and the upper body have to be independent at times because you're always constantly hand fighting, right? Like this mm-hmm. guy's defensive linemen are trying to get their hands your hands off of you. So I think that 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 first pass rep 
where he just kind of drove the guy across the formation and into the ground. You really saw his pistons were firing, mm-hmm. even though his lower body was not connected to him because he understands how to use his hands independently. He understands how important it is that when his base is staying firm and he's able to, you know, to, to mirror and pass protection, that he still needs to have that hand usage. He still needs to fight to get the, to get the inside leverage on dudes. And I think that's very interesting of like, if he is as long as we are led to believe, He's got the hands to stay in pass protection. Right. He's got the kick to stay in pass protection. Quickness, change yeah. of direction. Yeah, it's all there, that man. tracks. It's just, can he carry the weight to play on the edge? And and it, it used to be in the past, Ryan, where the weight needed to be inside, but it's not that way anymore. You're you're going to put some of your more undersized guys inside because they're always going to have help. Yes. I mean, guards almost never solo block in the run game. Almost never. Tackles have to play in space a lot more. You see, he's a really easy mover right here, like really fluid, really good change of direction. And again, he's also a guy that does a pretty good job of staying on guys to the point where sometimes like, is he holding there? Like he, he, he stays pretty glued into guys. This is a play where, you know, you see his base get a little bit narrow. You'll see, you'll see too much of that. And and there's a, I'll try to find it and put it back on the board, but there's a, a, a game film on YouTube of him. I have to try and find it again. But you, you, when he keeps his pads low, Ryan, you're like, okay, this is this is right here. This is a good example. Good base. Look at that. Easy change of direction. Handles this twist pretty well. Linebacker flashes. He moves. Does a great job of moving his feet through contact. Doesn't because if he stops his feet, the hole's closed up. Yep. But he steps to the guy and then steps through the contact and drives the guy back. And next thing you know, there's a hole there. there this is there's not. This is the second or third rep, too, where he's working on a little bit of a combo block with his guard, right. and then he passes off to work to the right. second level. So, like, you even see some – that's, like, advanced stuff, man. Like, you need the feel for that type of stuff. And I think he has a pretty good yeah. feel for the game for the most part. Do you part. see a hole there, Ryan? Because no. I don't. No, I right? don't see and a that, hole. That's where he initially hit, has contact with the defender. Yes. And this is the point. Now there's a hole, right? So, initially, no hole. Now there's, there's a pretty a big freaking hole. <laughs> You know, and that's what you see. It's because why? Yeah, he's strong and all that. But if I don't care how strong you are, if you don't move your feet, you can't move the hole. You can't open up the hole. This, in in my opinion, is an ideal inside zone blocker for me, right? Like he has the ability to work in combos and get off to the second level. But there was even a play a a few a few plays ago, Brian, where you saw him cut off a dude from the backside on zone and be able to drive him into the turf. So like he's very he's very easy mover to yeah. your point right and i think that he really is comfortable creating creating leverage through his right. foot speed it's another play ryan where i think he narrows his base too much yep it works because he's just so much better than the people he's going against but you this is another one where i want to see him sink and really drive his he's using his upper body to block here which is fine but you're just not seeing that that same power because he's got too narrow of a base yeah it's tech it's a technical thing and that's the thing right that can be fixed that can be corrected and we didn't even talk about, man, it's always nice to get into Georgia occasionally, yes, right? It like, is. That's always a good thing. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's a kid that Penn State wanted. So yep. obviously he visited Penn State, I think, the week before he visited Notre Dame. Uh, mm-hmm. North Carolina was pushing for him. It's a nice ball. ball nice little, little tiny, itty-bitty tight. Look, that kid's about three and a half feet tall at quarterback. Look at that kid. It's a nice ball. That is a nice ball. <laughs> you know, nice for a – yeah, that kid's tiny. Yeah. They do a lot of movement stuff in this line too, Ryan. And that's, he's yes. going to have a lot of experience kind of working, working there. You can see here, bad, bad technique, 
right here, yeah. right? Like you're trying to reach block this and your first step just kind of picks up and puts down and then you're trying to gather. You need a lot more of a, of, of a power reach step here, but he's so yeah. athletic he can overcome and still get out there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, on Way this too one high. too, like he he hurts himself by taking a little bit of a shallow angle, right? Like let's mm-hmm. let's open almost like a bucket step, or at least right. almost like a pull step, and you'll be able to kind of get his upfield shoulder a little bit easier. Right. But I mean, again, he shows his explosion on power um, on contact, yeah. though. Like he is a powerful dude. Right. There's no doubt about that. You, you look at it and say against a against an Elijah rushing, a Justin Scott, a you know Owen Wayful, this play doesn't work. Right. Yes. Because the fundamentals aren't there, but the potentials there. Like, so there's two types of steps you want to take here, Ryan, depending on how you're reading this particular play. One is you want to take a really physical power step and drive through the guy, through his inside shoulder to the outside. That's going to accomplish one of two things. One is if the guy takes a hard upfield angle, then you just drive him outside and the running back cuts right inside of your back of your butt. Right. Yep. The other one is if you're really trying to stretch it, which here it looks like they're stretching it. To, to me, this looks like more like a stretch. Then you need to take that open step and then really work hard for speed and power through the outside. He doesn't do that. And so against a better player, this doesn't work. But you also see why he's an effective player because he does have that power and athleticism to overcome it. This is a punch right here. This is violent. It's a poor kid right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and But I love it, Brian. He continues to, to get work, man. Like he finishes mm-hmm. through the end zone consistently because he wants to find work, man. This yeah. is not one of those guys that's a first contact blocker. Like he yeah. is a relentless dude yeah. in the run game. Here's another play of him narrowing his base. So, you know, you, you see that real narrow base, but you see the violent hands, right? And that's the thing. I want to see uh, – I, I, you know, Ryan, I, I, here's where I'm at. You can – you can chime in if you have a, a difference of opinion on this. Sure. Not that you can't chime in. I'm not like I need to give you permission to chime in, but you get the point I'm going with here. Yes. I give me the toolsy kid that doesn't know what the heck he's doing any day of the week. If I'm that's, that's the kind of kid I love. Then maybe that's just because the level I came from, I had to find guys like that. Cause if a guy was a ready-made product, he's probably getting a scholarship somewhere, you know, sure. but that's what, that's the, that's the fun of coaching is to take this ball of clay that's got all the tools you want and say, now I'm going to turn you into a football player, you know, and I'm going to teach you how to play the game. And that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I mean, Brian, you've heard me talk about it, right? Like what, what, what offensive line coach wouldn't want to work with him, right? Like what, like you need to find guys that you're excited about working with. Right. And that's the tools he guys. Uh, Oh, interrupt you real quick, Ryan, because this is a great example you're talking about earlier for whatever reason, like they just, everybody kind of leaves them. There's like nobody for him to block. So yeah. what does he do? He just hunts. So I'm he's sure. actually looks like he's actually playing. Where's the center? Okay, so he's playing left tackle again here. Everybody flies out with the jet sweep. The other, the inside guy slants inside. It's like, okay, what am I doing? Look at him. He just he's hunting. He's hunting for work. You know, I mean, right now, any any, it's like, okay, this is going to be a touchdown because there's yes. literally nobody here. He doesn't <laughs> really have to do anything. This is terrible defense. But what he does is he hunts. He hunts for work, and you want linemen like that. Like if, if I don't have good contact on this play, I'm going to feel like I just, what, what, you know, feel like I just wasted a play, you know, it's a really nice base right here. Really nice base right here, Ryan. He's one of those guys, man, that just, he seems like he takes it personal that a a defender even steps on the field with him. Right. Like that's kind of the vibe I get, but I mean, like you said, here he is kind of a little bit of a 45, but he is able to maintain leverage very quickly. And then, 
I mean, that lower body strength is there, man. Like if he's able to gain proper weight, which again, I have confidence that he will because he's been signed off on by yeah. a guy that knows it very well. And this power profile is going to be very good when he fills out. For, no for the record, this kid right here that he's going against, for those who say he didn't go against, you know, division one, this kid right here that he pancakes is, is signed with Georgia Tech in the 23 class. Yeah. So it's a power five right. defensive end that he manhandles. He puts him down, man. I mean, it, 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 again, it's 6A football in the state of Georgia, right? There's seven classifications. He's in 6A. I mean, they're playing against right. they're playing against teams that are playing against Mill Creek, like Caleb Downs' team, right? right? Like that's that's who they're playing in in Georgia. So he plays plenty right. of good players. Oof. Here he loses early. I love yep. this place. This is one of my favorite plays for him because he loses early, gets knocked back. You don't ever want to see a lineman have to get knocked off his feet like that, right, Ryan? Like he gets kind of caught mid-step. But he, he, as soon as he hits the ground, you can see the pellets flying up, right? And he yep. anchors, but he doesn't anchor and stop his feet. He anchors and goes right back on the attack. This is a play I like a lot, Ryan, because initially this is a, this is a, he's about to catch an L, yep. but he battles through it and fights through it. You know, Ben still locks his knees a little bit more than I want to there, but that's a really nice recovery rep right there, Ryan. It ends up knocking a guy on his butt. That was and, that was and, one of my favorite reps on the clip because you saw him. How's he going to handle adversity? How's he going to handle when he gets gets knocked back a little bit early? How's he going to deal with that? Well, you just saw it. You just one, saw uh, it. and on these two against right there. Good yeah, thing. it is how and, long and, that and, kid is. He's very long, and one of the and on these two reps, the defensive end initially gets inside on his chest, but you see that he's yeah. able to reset his hands and establish inside leverage. Like you yep. see right here, this kid gets in his chest quickly, yep. but he's able to keep hand fighting, keep hand fighting, get yep. back the leverage, and then he. Finishes the kid on the ground again, like always. Yep. That's uh that's a good rep right there. Let's see. Yeah. A little bit narrows his base a little bit, right? I mean, we this is another example of him narrows base a little bit. You see a lot, you see too much of that, Ryan. But again, I'm gonna repeat this. That is a correctable thing that is gonna make you not like a guy when you first watch his film, which is kind of how I was. I was like, oh, but then you you see the you watch it more and more and you're like yeah that's correctable that's fixable. He really this is, is something else too. He, he 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 anchors a little late sometimes. This is another example. He's going against a smaller guy, so it doesn't hurt him. But a bigger rusher, put it like this: if Jalen Sneed's blitzing right here, he's knocking this kid on his butt. You know, if Nolan Ziegler's, but it's a nice recovery. It's yep. a nice recovery, and he's able to get hands on. His hands are a little wide here, right? So you got to watch. Get maybe get called for hold here. I mean, he's got toughness. Yeah, man. I think core strength and hand strength are the things that pop out with this kid. Like the ability to anchor, you need to have a strong core and ability to just dig your heels in the ground and be able to sit down on power. And I think he does. I mean, he did that on that. That that's against a good size kid that he able to do that Mm -hmm. and finish him on the ground. So Ryan, that is our film breakdown of Anthony Knapp. I think you see the things that we like. You see the things that are are still areas where he needs to work. Right, as all junior offensive linemen do. But I, I think what you see from him, what you see from Peter Jones, what you saw from every single kid that Notre Dame signed last year, even a guy like Christopher Tarek, Ryan, who you and I weren't really high on, he's a physical kid. And that's something that's that's been was lacking from some previous groups. Like you know, Caleb Johnson, for example. Caleb Johnson was a good football player. I like this high school film. And he and from everything I've been told by sources, he was a pretty good pass blocker at Notre Dame. He just wasn't a really powerful kid. Yeah. And that hurt him along with the fact that he couldn't gain weight. But he's a good football player. It's just a different style. You put Caleb Johnson 
in Mississippi State's offense under under Mike Leach, you know, the, the late great Mike Leach, he's great offensive tackle because they don't have to run block, you yeah. know, and and but at Notre Dame, you need guys that, that have that power profile. You can't win without guys that have that pro- or at the very least, guys that are fighters. For example, Robert Hainsey does did not have a great power profile coming out. Sure. Right. Even in Notre Dame, I would not call him a powerful player, but he was strong. He was a hard worker, but he was a fighter. And he was a technician. And you give me a guy that's got a little bit of something in his behind and, and a guy that, that's going to fight and be a technician and is smart with good athleticism. And, and Robert had good athleticism, not great, but good athleticism. That's why Robert Haynes is in the NFL. And a guy like, and, and is a starter, and people are very high on down in Tampa Bay when I talk to different sources down there, very high on his future, especially with him moving to guard, which is the expectation for next year when it was a Jensen's the center, right? Mm-hmm. Jensen's coming back from injury. They, yeah. they think moving him to guard, he's going to be even better because he's more comfortable playing with, you know, without the ball in his hands as the center. Why is he a guy that people are fired up about down there? But Alex Leatherwood, who has way better physical tools than Robert Hainsey, is considered a bust, right? It's the other, it's the other parts of it, the fighter, the technician, the guy that brings it every day. Yeah. And that's what you, you, you think you see from Anthony Knapp, you know, and that's kind of, some that's what we we come to like and he's not one of those guys ryan when i watch gary b lambert play i'm like like five six seven snaps and i'm like yep okay i like this guy <laughs> anthony yeah. knapp's not that guy he is a film guy meaning i gotta watch a lot of film on this guy he's slow he's burn. a guy that grows on you you know would you say yeah. slow burn i think that's slow a, burn that's a good one that's a really good way of putting it it's a yep. very good way of putting it that, that's what i always i always talk about when i do like evaluation for the nfl it's like some guys like you just said, I could watch six plays. I'm like, yup, I know 100% what that guy is. And then there's other guys where it takes until the second game where you're like, okay, I, I get this now. Like, I get this. This is a slow burn prospect for me. Doesn't mean they're not good. It just means that you need to appreciate other facets of his game other than just like the easy length, you know, and just outrageous foot quickness type of stuff, right? Like there's there's other aspects of their game that are intangibly driven, that you need to be able to appreciate more with the more film you watch. Yeah, there's there's no question about it. So that's Anthony Knapp. Ryan, let's talk a little bit about what's next as yep. we wrap up this portion and, and we dive into the recruiting weekend. Right now, it really comes down to how does Notre Dame view him? Do they view him as a guy that they want to give a legitimate shot at tackle? If so, everybody that's on was on the board before, still on the board. Yep. If they view him as more of an ultimately an interior player, then you have to question, okay, how are they going to view Caleb Brewer moving forward? Right. Cause I don't know if they're, it, it, I don't know where they project Caleb Brewer. Do they view him as a pure tackle, pure inside? So he becomes a bit of a, well, I'm not sure where they stand with him. You look at a guy like Liam Andrews. If you view this kid as an interior player, it's going to be hard to justify bringing in Liam Andrews, unless you want to be able to get this class to five offensive linemen that, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's necessarily where you're going to want to get to. And, and so I think those are things that, that are going to impact this. Guys on the board, we're going to have a couple that we're going to talk about today. Kevin Haywood, obviously Caleb Brewer, Gear B. Lambert. Those are guys that are on the board right now. Ryan, Liam Andrews is a guy that I talked about, assuming uh, he was a guy that, that we've, we've talked about with Notre Dame and, and the guy that they were looking at and, and still on the board. I think they like him, depending on where you are with this kid. So the board's not real, Grant Bricks. Uh, you've talked about Styles Prescott is another guy that's on the board. And then Andrew, I think that, I think it's Sprague. I think it's what I've Sprague. heard people say. I think it's Sprague so, too, yeah. Uh, you know, so I think, I think those are aspects of that. The board's still kind of good sized. 
Notre Dame's never going to have a huge offensive line board, but there's a decent number of guys on the board. You've now got to focus for sure on at least one more pure, no doubt about it, tackle. Yes. Uh, and I would even argue two. Because here's the thing, a pure, no doubt about it, tackle, unless he's 6'8", and even then, maybe, they can play guard. Like uh, You can have five tackles on your starting offensive line. You can't have five guards. Yeah, you know that's just the reality of it. So, I think that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. So you you really need to bring in some guys. The Styles Press Cods, the obviously Gearby Lambert, but the Styles Press Cods, the Kevin Haywoods, who we'll, we'll talk about him another time as a player. You're definitely going to need to bring in at least one more of those type of guys. I personally would be, and here's the other way to look at it too, Ryan. Is if you let's say you get Gearby Lambert, yep, and Caleb Brewer, yep. Well, with Peter Jones. Anthony Knapp and Caleb Brewer, I'm not sure which one of those guys is going to be a tackle. But I feel like with all three of them able to play tackle, you feel comfortable that one of them is going to be able to stick on the edge, and now you kind of have your two tackles. Right? And you got, th- you got three shots for one, right? I mean, like that's, right. yeah, 100%. Agree, right. agree. That's kind of how I look at that, Ryan. I'm not sure how Notre Dame is going to look at it, and that's the unknown yeah. at this point in time is how yeah. they're going to look at it. So, And, and I think this weekend is going to be a, play a big part of that. You know, like agree. Anthony Knapp measured in. Well, what's Caleb Brewer measuring at? Is sure. he six three and a half with thirty two inch arms, or is he legit six five with thirty three plus inch arms? That's going to tell a lot. You know, when you, when you get into this whole type of thing, and, and, and some of y'all may be like, "Wait, hold on, thirty two versus thirty three. What's the difference?" Well, thirty two versus thirty three and a half could be the difference between whether or not I think a guy can play there or not. Yep, and that's the reality of it. So we're going to find out a lot, but it's 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 a good pickup, Ryan. Is this a is this a gap closing offensive line pickup? No, because there is no gap to close when it comes to offensive line. <laughs> but this is a kid that brings the demeanor that you look for, that brings some athleticism to the table, that brings power to the table, and brings versatility to the table. And all those boxes are good. Uh, you want to check all those when you're talking about bringing an offensive line. You need guys like this in your class. Yes. Yep. And he's a different profile, obviously, to Peter Jones. But Peter Jones brings a lot of those same qualities, just in a little bit of a bigger package, right? He's more in the six, five and a half, six, six, 300 pound type of package. Right. So I think Notre Dame's off to a really good start on the offensive tackle board, Brian. I agree with you hundred offensive line board. I should say, I agree with you though. And I think that for me personally, and this is not Intel, this is just me personally, I would still target those pure offensive tackle types. Cause to your point, there's no guarantee that either one of the tackles in this class now for Notre Dame are going to stick a tackle, but the more shots you have at it, the better chance you have that one of them will. And then the other guys are just transitioning inside the guard or into center. I mean, either way, I think you're kind of, you're hitting all the areas you need to hit, but I think Anthony Knapp brings some potential for versatility as far as alignment perspective. He could be a guard, could be a tackle, could be a center. There's a lot of things that I think Anthony Knapp can potentially bring to your football team. Absolutely agree with that, Ryan. Yeah. So I was, uh, publishing story so still clicking that's why i didn't click over just yet but gotcha. i uh, i appreciate the help there my friend that's going to do it on this one ryan we're going to talk about recruiting next but before we jump on to this weekend's recruiting visit i want to ask a small favor of y'all it takes about five seconds grab your mouse or your phone go down there's this thumbs up button right below this photo or right below the screen that you're looking at there's a thumbs up button hit that for me please i would greatly appreciate that uh, make sure you're subscribed to the channel with the notification bell and share this podcast. And if you have not, if you're not a member of the boards, you're going to want to read the intel that we put up today. I'm telling you, you're going to want to read the intel that we put up today. 
And uh, so I've been able to talk to a lot of sources, been doing some digging about where things stand with the Notre Dame football team on offense and uh, liked what I heard. I'm going to tell you that right now. Not everything. There's a couple of things like, ah, I wish I got better news there, but there's a lot of really good stuff, a quarterback and receiver, especially. And I'm, I'm not there. I'm about halfway done gathering Intel on the defense. Going to got a couple more sources. I want to try to see if I get something out of here over the next couple of days, but I've got a defensive one coming here over the next day or two. So I just want to make sure I hear back from a few people first before I dive into that. So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to getting that defensive version of it. But today was about the Notre Dame offense. So definitely check that out on the boards at, Irish, at boards.irishbreakdown.com. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.